Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi everyone, Will here from We Are West Ham. Bit of a strange old time for everyone recently, so we just wanted to let you all know what's happening with us here at We Are West Ham during this uncertain time. Firstly, we love doing the show, so James and I have decided to keep going for as long as possible and hope we can bring a bit of light relief to everyone who listens, you know, at a time where a laugh and a bit of West Ham chat might be more valuable than ever. Many of you catch the show live on Love Sport Radio every Tuesday night. Unfortunately, the station's had to pull the plug for the time being while everyone tries to ride this out, but we hope to be back live on air very soon with them. But we will be recording the show remotely, and the We Are West Ham podcast will continue to be available every Wednesday morning on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audio Boom, and all your other major platforms. We're also thrilled that the brilliant Charlie Hawkins has agreed to stick with us. It's not something Charlie had to do, so we're absolutely delighted that he's chosen to stick around. Quizmaster Reese Bayliss is also pledged to keep the questions coming as the Rogue Players Quiz hots up towards the end of the season. So while there might be some slight changes, we hope that overall the content will be similar to what you're used to, perhaps even better, and we can ride out this strange and difficult time together. We're always grateful to have all of you listeners, new and old, but now more than ever, we hope you can stick with us. Remember, you must subscribe if you listened perhaps on the Love Sport Radio, West Ham Fan Show podcast, which I know some of you do. That will no longer be running. So the only place you can get content from We Are West Ham for the time being will be on the We Are West Ham podcast. So remember to subscribe to that. It's We Are West Ham on Apple, um, Spotify, and once again, all your major platforms. And... Again, if you can find the time to leave us a rating and a review, it will be more helpful now than ever before. Keep well, stay safe, and James and I hope that you and your family get through this uncertain time as unscathed as possible. And don't forget, wash your hands. Also, for an extra bit of light heart relief, this is the first podcast we've done via video link, so stick around right to the end of the episode where you can hear some bloopers from me and the boys. Come on, you irons. 
Well, it's the We Are West Ham podcast this week, and it comes to you very differently. It comes to you with a self-isolation. James Jones, Will Pugh and me, Charlie Hawkins, we've decided we need a week off for each other. Could be a month. And by the state of James Jones and Will Pugh, if only you could see us free tonight, you would understand why. We may even tweet a photo on the account. I may have to twist our arms and some legs to get that. But it is a tradition. It is a favourite. We are staying by you, the fans. We're staying strong so much to talk about tonight. Obviously, what is going on? A coronavirus update, the football Premier League, not back until April the 30th. What have we been doing in the blackout? More importantly, what have you, the fans, been doing in that time as well? And delighted to say, Jack Rosser from the Evening Standard, who did conduct a a fans Q&A today on Twitter, will be with us as well to tell us exactly what is going on behind the scenes at West Ham. And then, of course, the favourite, the rogue West Ham mystery players quiz will conclude. We're running away with it. But could James have used this time to his advantage to maybe knuckle down and finally get a win in the bag? But we have to start at the very top tonight. Gents, always good to chat to you both. I'll start with you, Will. How are you? Family, everyone healthy? Yeah, all doing well. Thanks, Charlie. Um, yeah, I think first of all, um, the place to start is just to let everyone know sort of what's going on at the moment like you say they're touching it briefly we're recording via video link at the moment um charlie's made the sensible decision to just do an audio link but uh, me and jonesy staring at each other jonesy's hair absolutely all over the shop and i've decided to wear a, a backwards cap because i'm still in my 20s and i can do that to uh, cover up my rascal barnet but yeah, all, all doing pretty well. But just to let everyone know what's going on. So the live radio show, which I know a lot of the listeners tune in on or have been tuning in on over the last few months since me and Jones have been doing it. That's been pulled by Love Sport Radio temporarily. Obviously, we're all facing some challenges in this weird and uh, difficult time. Uh, Love Sport are no different to a lot of others. So they've pulled the plug for now just in a bid to keep everyone safe. Um, it'd be difficult for all of us to to be in a studio. It wouldn't make sense. goes against everything the government's telling us. But we are thrilled. We will be doing the, the podcast still. Um, we, we are West Ham as it's always been. So if you listen on the Love Sport Radio podcast at the moment just make sure you subscribe and switch over to the we are west ham one because that's the only place it'll be available but first of all jonesy i think i speak for both of us thrilled that you've decided to come with us charlie and um and stick with the we are west ham boys yeah i couldn't leave you two to fly alone could i james no definitely not i mean i mean it was a tough conversation between will and i the other night when we got the call from love sport to say that you know we're gonna have to pause it for a little bit it was it was no uh no doubt we'd continue, but we had to we had to really think hard about whether to bring you back, Charlie. But um, mm, we, we're, glad you, we're glad you we're glad you've agreed to do it in the end and uh, stuck by. So it's, it's like we got the old band back together after a week off. <laughs> yeah, the band is back together. I'm I'm delighted that after you choosing to not get me back, you you went to the second best option and decided to get me back. And I think we do have to, James. I think it's me really important. Me and you, we talk about the big question tonight. There is a bit of an elephant in the room: the decision of Will Pugh to wear that cap. What have you made of that? Because it has really rocked the sporting world in this time. Well, I mean, I think I've taken a screenshot of it, and I will I, I will be tweeting it out a little bit later on. Um, I mean, I, I wasn't going to say anything. I did think it was a bit weird. I wasn't going to say anything, but Charlie beat me to it and actually <laughs> wasted no time in calling it out. Uh, it is very rascal. It is very <laughs> rascal. Sorry, Char- Will. 
Charlie, yeah, just quickly, I think, um, you know, while my uh, fashion clubber or my clubber comes in for criticism every week, I think from mine and James' point of view and yours as well, obviously, Quizmaster Reese has, has pledged that he'll continue making sure he, he fires in the questions for us every week. So we really appreciate your help and Reese's. And we, to be honest, I think uh, from mine and James' point of view, it's a bit of a grim time for a lot of people. And the, we hope that the quality will be um, as good as we can get it and the sound might not be quite as good but just stick with us while you can um and you know at this sort of time a bit of light relief and a, a bit of west ham chat might actually be more valuable than uh, than it ever has been before so stick with us we'll uh, we'll be trying to improve on stuff every week um hopefully the sound gets a bit better and um my club will get better week on week as well but yeah thanks everyone and uh yeah look forward to carrying it on and and hopefully we can see a bit of football back playing sooner rather than later this is west ham's longest unbeaten run all season by the way though <laughs> it's a massive it's unbeaten nice, run we should talk about that james Let, let's bring you in then james because obviously there was a big announcement football obviously we knew it would be that break extended going to the 30th of april still some people believe we will not see football on that day james just an update for people what, what did you make of that i mean it wasn't a surprise was it i think we spoke last week that you know we were discussing what they need to do when it comes back but i think I think the general feeling was that they were going to extend it again and that's what they've done. Um, I'll be very, given that Boris Johnson's sort of pretty much put the country on lockdown, this is going to go on for a couple of months. Um, and if the country's on lockdown, then can't play any football matches. So it, it wasn't a surprise to see it happen. I, I think it was a good thing as well. I think sort of generally, if we're talking just sort of, you know, um, people's um, well-being um, and sort of protecting the NHS and making sure they're not sort of overwhelmed with what's going on, you know, it's the right thing to do. It's just to pause football. It kind of takes a back seat at the moment, doesn't it? But yeah, I think I think it's the right thing. If I'm honest, I haven't really missed football. I think that's just probably because we've been rubbish all season. I haven't really missed it. It's, re- <laughs> it's really weird. Well, James said he's not missed football there and we kind of covered on the show talking about Karen Brady's comments and, you know, she did kind of backtrack from that. But now it's looking like more and more people are coming out and saying that if this football season isn't concluded, if it isn't finished, it could be deemed null and void. Rio Ferdinand strongly stating that that is the case as well. Could we see potentially this? Because there is a a cut-off date, it seems, for this season to be finished. And like James, have you missed it? Well, to be honest, I I said it last week. And, you know, Karen Brady came out, didn't she, in her column and got absolutely slaughtered for it. And to be honest, you know, we're quick to point out criticism of the of the board on this on the show we have been throughout the season but I sort of felt she was making a bit of a valid point and I think at the time this whole situation is moving so quickly that it seemed last week that you know there was a bit of sneering about it still that oh don't be ridiculous but I think now in the space of a week we've seen how much like how serious the situation's got and how Boris Johnson's tone has changed day in day out and like you said today or the latest one we were being told, right, you stay in, you're on lockdown. That was this evening's, this is Tuesday's briefing. So I think the idea that this season will just have to be scrapped seems less and less ridiculous and less and less silly as time goes on. I, I said it last week, I'll say it again. I don't think it matters who's at the top or who's at the bottom. I think hopefully, or we're expecting, and hopefully this is a once in a generation, once in a lifetime thing. So in my opinion, to just stop and say, look, that season is void, 
doesn't it doesn't over a lifetime it doesn't take away from the integrity of the competition it doesn't you know it don't, you, you, the Premier League shouldn't come into criticism for it yeah Liverpool fans will be annoyed and the teams who might have come up they'll be annoyed as well but ultimately if we're still in a predicament like this Charlie in five or six months time what what's the point one one season out of a lifetime and you know because of something so huge like this this coronavirus you're never going to have another reason or another excuse it's no one can ever criticize the premier league for oh they did it to suit themselves this is killing thousands and thousands of people across the world if ever there was a time that that football didn't matter or doesn't matter it is right now so in my opinion i'd be more than happy in fact i'd almost think it's just sensible to throw this one in the bin and then try and make sure when we start again we start again on a leave a level foot in as and football's back to how we know it yeah let's let's quickly talk about because loads of players are having their saying it and actually what i wanted i did want to ask james i'll kick it off with you mark noble's been talking saying a little bit what he's been up to and and he said he's actually worried about the foreign players who are over in the Premier League. And he said some of them are on their own. If they're in self-isolation, quarantine and, you know, up to 14 days or longer, it could actually be very hard for them this time. Yeah, I'll make him right. I think, you know, it's, it's got to be difficult. A lot a lot of them probably don't speak the language very well as well, um, which would make it even even harder for them. Neither uh, does no fair. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, I mean... A lot, a lot is made of when players come over from foreign countries to the Premier League, and you know we always talk about you know how long it takes for them to settle into new surroundings, new cities, make new friends, new teammates, and then sort of settle in and hit the ground running. But this is a completely different ball game, and it, it must be really, really difficult for a lot of them that you know, are literally just they're on the other side of the continent, other side of the world to all their family, and they've just got you know FaceTime and you know the phone to to stay in contact with their loved ones um, and they can't see their teammates at the moment either so it's not as if they can go out and pop out and see their mates anymore so yeah it, it must be really difficult I think Noble's right and you know he's he's already said that he's staying in touch with them via WhatsApp as often as possible and I'm sure he's doing video calls with them as well because um, he's, he's a great captain like that and I would have thought he's doing everything he can to keep the squad together while they're not together sort of thing so yeah I think I think he's right and we, we need to be mindful of that one thing I thought was quite uh, interesting as well like from Noble's column, he, he was talking about the, the, you know, whether the season can finish or whether it be gets played behind closed doors or whatever it might be. And he said, you know, that he wrote in his evening standard column, he said, I wouldn't ideally want games to be played behind closed doors, but with so much income provided by broadcasters like Sky, all of whom would televise the behind closed doors matches, if it helps people in the clubs to keep their jobs, then I'd happily play in an empty stadium. And that was the first thing I've read, to be honest, that changed my thought process on it mm. and thought, actually, you know what, maybe playing behind closed doors might not be a good idea. Maybe if it does help people play. The, the only thing I thought about that was you're a Premier League club. The Premier League can, can afford to pay staff to keep their jobs. I think that there's been a shift uh, from fans' opinions changing on the whole games played behind closed doors, empty stadiums. When this sort of first began, James, people were saying, oh, you can't play, it's all about the fans, travel home and away if the games can't be played. Pep Guardiola coming out, in fact, saying if it's not played in front of the fans, they are the lifeblood. 
don't play the games. But there does seem a shift that to maybe get this season over the line, to get it concluded, this might be the only solution. Yeah, I, th- I said it last week, didn't I? That you know, if, if they if they have to get the season done uh, and finished for whatever reason that might be, whether it's financial reasons or whether it's just to sort of keep the integrity of the of the league and the sport, then behind closed doors is the only way they can do it um, for the rest of this season. You know, it's, it's too dangerous to to start getting people packed into stadiums again. Um, I, I think I read somewhere it's not been confirmed, but you know they were considering playing the games behind closed doors but on neutral grounds to stop mass um, mass congregation outside the stadiums from like home fans or away fans. Um, so like West Ham would play Chelsea up at Old Trafford just to stop the two sets of fans gathering out, outside London Stadium, for instance. Uh, and I think that's quite a good idea, but I mean, you're still not going to stop people from going outside and, and trying to get into the grounds or, or outside them. So logistically, it's probably a bit of a nightmare for the Premier League and the clubs involved. Um, but... I think I, I, I'm, I quite like the idea of getting it done behind closed doors, but it all depends on the risks. Um, and the more, uh, as Will said, this is a very, very quick and, and fast moving situation at the moment. And it just depends whether it's actually even possible to do anymore. I just don't know whether it is. Things are changed, like you said, because they change so quickly. That's one thing. But whilst whilst it's getting bad quite quickly, or it certainly seems that way, it could also get better just as quickly, couldn't it? Well, yeah, we might hit the we might hit the peak at a rapid rate. And I think um, funny, I was speaking to a colleague of mine earlier today, and he made me laugh because he just said, "I'm so bored of ex players, journalists, pundits, whoever they might be, saying, oh, I think this is the best thing to do.'" And, you know, the same would be said um, about us giving our opinion now, probably. He's so bored of listening to people say, oh, this is what I think is the best thing to do, because no one knows what's going on anyway. But it, it could be a case that all football is ready to play again by not April the 30th, like the Premier League is at the moment. But we could be the the peak could have been reached in a few weeks time, which we're led to believe it might. And then it might drop through the floor as quick as that. These new measures that have been announced today might have a profound effect on the amount of new cases. Life may get back to normal, if you like, sooner rather than later. We can cram it in. And in that case, then I think, yeah, fair enough. Um, but I'd, I'd just be I'm interested to see, as well as the like, effect it's having on on the league and stuff, you've got to remember, like you said there, James, these, these are actual human beings. That, that That's what this whole this whole circus is built on still those footballers although they're elite level athletes they're still blokes aren't they they're going to be worried about their families they'll still have elderly relatives and whether it's families in different countries or whatever i think the you've got to try and remember this is it's still about people isn't it And, and forcing players back in just because everyone else wants it or the league want the integrity of the league wrapped up i think you've got to be a bit careful with that haven't you yeah, I, I completely agree. And, you know, there will be, you have to factor in the fitness of the players as well. You know, after what, a month, yeah. six weeks off, are they going to be, are they going to be fit and ready? You know, I know they're doing sort of individual training regimes at home. The club would have given them a, a special pack to, to follow and a training schedule to follow to keep them fit and healthy. But then there's the match practice. You know, we're probably going to have to play one or two friendlies before we go back. Cause it's essentially a pre-season we're in at the moment. Or um, it's like an extended winter break 
but yeah, I mean, what you said about, you know, it could get better quite quickly. I mean, we've got this sort of lockdown for three weeks. If things go to plan in three weeks, how safe is it going to for, for us to sort of get back to normal life relatively quickly after that? We don't know yet. So, yeah, there's so many factors involved. I just hope hope that, you know, people stop get packing the trains out and the tubes out, stay at home. And the quicker they do that, we can we can get back to normal life. We can get back to normal life. Let's move it on because, like you said, James, we've got this three-week period now. Let's not only talk about what you guys have been doing in this time, how you're spending it. James, we don't really need to hear from you because you said you're not missing football, so you might not be on the show (laughs) next week. But let's quickly talk about what the club have been doing in this time as well because we know about Leighton Orient's FIFA tournament, quarantine, 128 teams. And what other stuff in the community as well? Because there is a lot of bit of creativity going on social media. Will, you said it. it is now time to maybe give people a little bit of that positivity, light relief. And such a like a time, you said now, to subscribe to the show more than ever. Get involved. Tell your friends. We want to do a little bit of fun with it like we do on the quiz. But what what is the word coming out of the club at the minute, Will? I think, you know, every, we've seen everyone trying to do the same thing at the moment and we try and keep a bit positive and or certainly most people, uh, the society and, and football world has, has come together. My favourite thing that I've seen so far, you touched on it there, was the, the Leighton Orient FIFA tournament that they organised. And uh, yeah, hundred. I think they started out at 64 teams. And they had so much interest from real football clubs around the world. Just for those who, who don't know what's going on, this is Leighton Orient set up a, a FIFA 2020 tournament. So the, the console game um, and put it out on Twitter and clubs around the world picked up on it. So you've got real professional football clubs who've given them or they, they play with their own teams. FIFA have done the thing where all of the abilities for all the teams are level. So West Ham drew AFC Wimbledon in the first round and all the players and of all the teams were levelled out at an 85 out of 100 rating. So it wasn't like West Ham just walk all over Wimbledon. Not that we, you know, we know from previous experience, it's not quite as easy as that. <laughs> but um, yeah, West Ham won, won 2-0 in the first round and true to form in real life, we've drawn Man City in the next round. So West Ham... Oh. West Ham have got a guy called Jambu playing for them, who's actually West Ham's official esports player. So, but we won two 0 in the in the first leg. It was a decent game. I don't know if either you watched it, but I actually streamed it. You can stream it on Twitch uh, and through if you go on West Ham's Twitter or West Ham's website. Uh, and the Man City game is next up. I'm not exactly certain when that is, but uh, yeah, if you go on West Ham or Leighton Orient's Twitter, it's a class thing they're trying to do. And like you know, you had a, a game the other day. You've just got teams from being drawn like against each other from around the world. I think you had uh, Shamrock Rovers from Ireland playing the um, some team from Sydney in Australia. So it's good fun. Like you say, it's a bit of light-hearted fun. Some of the teams got players playing for them, and and they they're commentating it and all that as they're playing. So it's uh, it's good fun. And I think the club have been doing a bit as well, James. Yeah, I mean they've just been um, sort of just keeping people. Uh, I think, you know, in good spirits on on Twitter. I think you know, like they had a Declan Rice did a little statement last week um, before the weekend. Jeremy Ngakia sent a message to fans, um, just sort of you know wishing them good wishes and saying you know hopefully sees him again soon. Um, I've actually quite enjoyed some of the social media stuff the club been doing, sort of throwbacks to to best goals. Yeah, um, apparently Decanios, wasn't it? 
Yeah, and they, I mean, they've gone really niche as well. They've gone, what was your best volleyed goal away from home from a West Ham player and stuff like that? And it's it's been really good fun to watch. And But they've been also listening to the fans. They, you know, fans have been sending suggestions. I think they did one where a fan was desperate to see, um, I think it was Yarmolenko's goal against Palace, or no, Norwich earlier this season. Right. Um, I think it was in the volleys section. And they kept going on to the official Twitter account for days. And in the end, they, they succumbed to him and actually did a video on this Twitter user constantly mm. asking. And in, in the end, they were like, yeah, OK, here's yeah. the goal. And they showed him the goal in the video. <laughs> it was actually quite good. And the sort of five minute, uh, sort of 15 minutes of fame for, for the young Twitter user who kept badgering on um, and just, you know, a good laugh. So I think uh, the club's social media department during this time have, have really stepped up and have done a really, really good job. So you know, long may that continue. Yeah, and I did notice something else on West Ham social media. They've done a, a brilliant video with Dean Ashton and his his boys watching some of his his great goals for West Ham. And yeah, not to really throw it back, James, but how good was Dean Ashton? You know, and so, so sad that his his career was cut short by injuries because you know you, you saw it in the goal and the video was meant to serve that purpose. But a brilliant, brilliant finisher and and one that West Ham have maybe lacked since. Oh, definitely. I mean, I saw that video, Charlie, and, you know, first of all, it was a great video and a really sort of touching video as well where he had his kids there. Um, but after, I just thought, just watching those goals back, you you almost forget how good Dean Ashton was. Like, it's incredible. If you just watch all of his goals for West Ham, what a class finisher. And I'm pretty sure we've not had a finisher like him since. I just, it, it's mad how good of a goal scorer he was. He scored all types of goals. It's just such a shame that, you know, that injury in England training, cost him his career really i i definitely forget how good he was 100 percent. because i so i watched that thing the other day you talked about with him and his boys and the main I, my favorite one of all of that was city away in the quarterfinal of the fa cup in 2006 when we beat them away and i didn't again i'd forgotten how good that goal was I can see it in my head, you know, if I remember it before him putting it in the, at the front post. But it was a nice, intricate little one-two beforehand. He flicks it over someone, pulls one of them Cristiano Ronaldo Cruyff turns that he used to do mid-sprint, and then pings it in with his left. He, you do definitely forget. I think it's because he wasn't all action and mobile and really rapid, was he? He was just sort of no. there and in the right position, and he put the ball in there, and then that was it. Yeah, he was he was a wonderful player and talent. It's just when they put it all together, it was genuinely so sad to see it. I've just remembered as well one other thing the club's been doing is uh, we particularly the club when we were due to play Tottenham last Friday night. Mikel Antonio played Ryan Sessegnon on. Yeah, FIFA. I didn't want to bring that up though. No, got an absolute <laughs> slapping. Absolute... What was that all about? Useless. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pathetic, wasn't it? Mikel Antonio, the man who scored the goal to make West Ham the first away team to win at Tottenham's new ground done it in real life and then yeah. actually embarrassed himself in the virtual forum and more annoying West Ham tweeted saying uh, full time don't tell us about the full time don't tweet about it we don't want to know <laughs> he asked for that though he definitely asked for it he was he was bigging it up going who wants a game who wants a game P- pictures of him pretending to be training with, a, with the controller you know put on the bets with Ryan Sessegnon and it was like, yeah, you're going to get battered here. You just knew it was coming. Sessegnon's 19 as well. He's obviously going to be better than Mikel Antonio at FIFA, isn't he? The worst thing is, Spurs can't buy a win at the minute and they will, they will dine out on that, won't they? Just like we would have, but they will dine out on that. I think the Premier League are considering giving him the three points. <laughs> 
<laughs> a massive three points for Jose side. Well, it is a packed show talking about everything the club are doing in this period. What you, the fans, are doing. Did you get involved in the fever quarantine? And what are you planning on doing with no football? But a man who knows what is going on behind the scenes at West Ham at the minute. And he does join us next. It's Jack Rosser from the Evening Standard. Well, we're delighted to say on We Are West Ham, we've been joined by a very special guest. It's what this show does best wherever we are in the world recording this. And delighted to say Jack Rosser from the Evening Standard joins us now. Jack, we've managed to tear you away from your Twitter Q&A with West Ham fans. We hope there was some insightful questions. But just for you, Jack, and doing that, obviously, what was the main thing that people wanted to know behind the scenes of West Ham at the minute? I think there's there's a lot of sort of uncertainty about what will happen in the summer, sort of whether we get, you know, whether that is the break in the season, whenever the break in the season comes. I think there's a lot of uncertainty as to what happens with contracts and the stadium as well. If 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 the season does drag on in, into the summer, the stadium as well is going to be an issue. Who sort of has priority there? Um, there's a lot of uncertainty over there. And then just some general questions really around sort of maybe who are the key figures behind the scenes and what goes on there well jack first of all before we get on to all that depressing west ham stuff what have you uh have you been treating yourself during self-isolation how's that looked for you uh a lot of drink has <laughs> been the sort of way through i think um it's been i mean i work from home anyway so that's not been too much of a change it's right it's just more the the, the not being able to go out as much and, and see as many people it's obviously changed my job at the weekends massively, you know, not going to games, not going to see managers and and chatting to people, you know, face to face. It's made it quite difficult um, to find something to report on as well. Still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still chatting to most clubs on a daily basis. It's just, you know, not, not many people know anything at the moment, do they? So it's the same answer from almost everyone. They're just waiting to hear what is what is going to happen, really. Um, I think we're all in the same boat, whatever industry you're in. So that, yeah, that makes it a bit more of a challenge. Jack, you mentioned the, uh, the the London Stadium there, and I, I saw a lot, a lot of people asking you uh, in in your Q and A about not so much the, the who has priority because you know the, I know that there's a bit of a mix up between the club think they've got it, the, the athletics think they've got it, um, but in terms of the seating, I saw a couple of fans uh, sort of mention the what's going on with squaring off the back of the seats, um, whether that's still going to go ahead or not, or whether that's going to be put on hold. Um, that's another one that is just so up in the air at the moment, you know, chatting to people at the club, they're still really, you know, it's something that they really, really want to get done and get done as soon as they can. I think the initial plan was to have it in place before the start of next season. Again, obviously, we don't know when that's going to be. Um, but if if the time is there and, and the workforce is there to do it, you know, with circumstances allowing in the summer, then they will try and do it. But it's it's something that, you know, discussions haven't been really held over it yet. The plan still at the moment is to to get it done in the summer, um, but yeah, it's it's not a situation that is really in in anyone's hands at the moment. And what what is your understanding on that priority in the summer, Jack? With you know, because I think there's a baseball event on as well as the athletics. The club, from what I've seen, are fairly. It seems like well, there's no conversation to be had here. We're anchor tenants, and 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 we'll be playing our games. Thanks very much. Yeah, the club are um, unusually confident. You'd say they're. they're <laughs> You know, they don't often, you speak to a couple of people at the club and it's, well, you know, it could be this, could be that. They are all so confident. If, you know, I think I put it in the 
in the bit today we did on the website, but um, they've had letters from E E20 and one as recent as last week saying that you know set in stone you are primary holders. You have you've got the priority over anyone. Um, UK Athletics see it slightly differently, but neither club are you know bullishly confident that that they have the priority. And for them, like you said, there's there's no discussion, no confusion, no debate to be had there. And what about the, and I see a few other people asking you earlier on about the transfer plans. Obviously, I know the answer to all of this and to everything we're all hearing all the time is, well, we, no one knows what's going to happen. Well, granted, but there will still be work being done at the club, no doubt. David Moyes and the club, they have to work and plan for every eventuality. So as far as I saw a few people asking about the, the transfer plans and whether, whether or not David Moyes is, is thinking ahead, you'd assume he would have been doing that anyway before all this happened. But what's, uh, what's your understanding of, of sort of where those are at at the moment? Yeah, the way the transfer window plays out is going to be really interesting. But just on what West Ham want to do and, and the targets they want to bring in, I think everyone knows they were trying to get a right back in in January. And I think, you know, Ngakia, when he came in, did well, but that will still be a priority. Zabaleta's obviously going to move on. And if, if Ryan Fredericks can't stay fit for a season, you'll need someone there. So that will still be a priority. But, but what he sort of wants to come away from is the we need a striker, we'll go and get this exciting talent that we don't know too much about and is going to be, you know, the next world beater, we'll go and get him. Moyes is really keen to go younger, players with a bit of something to prove, you know, there'll be no Javier Hernandez's or something like, someone like that. You'll, you, he'll want to see more signings in, in the sort of ilk of Suchek and, and Bowen, really. Jones will be gutted with up. no more Hernandez's because he was the same. <laughs> we all need money, Jonesy. <laughs> oh, Still should bring him back. <laughs> you never know, mate. You never know what could happen. But no, the plan is very much younger, hungrier, something to prove, and people that are going to want to pull together to try and try and create something and push something forward. It's, it's what he wanted to do when he was at the club last time. He never got the chance to do it, so he'll be looking forward to having, you know, what is left of a summer transfer window to to go out and do that. Jack, I know a lot of uh, fans were tweeting in questions about improving the atmosphere uh, in the stadium on match days. Have the club got any plans about that as well? How would they look to make that a priority as well for the fans? I, th- I think the biggest priority for that is is the seating. I think they hope that, that squaring off the seating, getting pl- fans as, as close to the pitch as is possible in that, in that stadium and making it feel more like a football stadium, feel more like a, a, a home for a football club. Is, is really key but I think the most important thing for atmosphere is to get performances at home performances on the pitch and and then you know it'd be surprising to see how quickly other issues fall away I think um, so the priority is obviously staying in the league and through that engendering a better atmosphere but I think the way they want to do it they're always keen to add bits and bobs around the stadium whether it's murals a stand name you know flags and things like that but really that doesn't go too far if, if the football is still not of a standard that anyone wants to see. If we're playing like this still, it's probably better for the players to have the seats as far away from the pitch as possible, isn't it? <laughs> it's probably well, best to keep it <laughs> Jack, back, back onto, the, onto the, 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 the football side of things. Um, you know, we spoke about what Moyes' plans are and you, know, you mentioned in your Q&A that Moyes doesn't have a relegation clause in his contract. Um, but there's been a lot of questions about Suchek and Bowen. I mean, Bowen's been the real, the real standout signing for January. You know, he's kind of hit the ground running. He's excited fans. 
but then there was that worry that you know if we do go down, then then we lose him to to another Premier League club, and we kind of we only get to see him for six months in a West Ham shirt. But you know, what's the deal with that? It, it, will we lose him if we go down? I'd be surprised. I mean, when when the sort of deal was being thrashed out late on on deadline day, there were the the real sticking point was what happens if the club goes down. You know, I think from his side, the the, the sort of agents and his representatives were pushing to have a relegation release clause included as far as I understand it that didn't get included West Ham sort of won that battle and they also managed to get a clause in that he would take a a hit on wages if if they go down but I mean that is fairly standard practice at most clubs and and some good business sense really Um, just because I mean you know when the financial results came out David Sullivan made it quite clear what, what relegation would do to the club financially. So protecting themselves in, in any way they can is good there. But that I would be very surprised if, you know, he's clearly an exciting player, but I'd be surprised if on six months, even if West Ham did go down and another club swooped in and, and took him off, off, off their hands straight away and, and they'd have to pay fairly handsomely to do so as well. Do you not think I, I sort of... I would be surprised though, with the, with the money in the game now anyway, he's proved himself... I know it's easy to say but in the short space of time the few opportunities that he's had he's made the team better I know that was easy to do because we were so yeah, yeah. but he, he's looked uh, an accomplished finished Premier League product already the sort of player who you know you certainly would would slot into someone a team who are likely to finish 11th or 12th next season and I'd, I'd I would I'd been the other way I would have thought that he'd have been straight out the door not because perhaps he wanted to as much but more because there'd be plenty of suitors who, who sort of need someone who they think can, can cut it. I, I, you know, there is an argument for that, but I think six months is such a short amount of time and, and to move from Hull where he was before all the way down to London and then to consider unsettling yourself again only six months later and, and moving, especially after everything that's going on, you know, then I think I would I still would be very surprised. But, you know, the key thing here is West Ham stay up and this, this isn't an issue. So, again, that's the underlining thing of if, if he still carries on to play, carries on playing as well as he did in his, his few appearances, then there's a fairly good chance they'll do that and, and it doesn't become a problem. Jack, just literally on, obviously, that Premier League at the minute and, and keeping, obviously, in that West Ham perspective, just away from that, though, with the, the transfer targets for clubs and it's certainly like West Ham and what will be a key massive window for them in that summer transfer window, how will this affect clubs and signing players with the transfer window and, and the season still being played in that summer? And there's a lot being made of, you know, players' contracts expiring on July the 1st if the season was to go beyond that and then looking at the next season running into it. Behind the scenes, and you talking to those other clubs as well, what's the word on that at the minute? I think the main worry, first of all, is... Um, well, the main worry for everyone, first of all, is their staff and, and keeping that all safe. But when you get to the matters of how football is going to play out you know that there are discussions that have have to be had so the main worry is the contracts and and the sort of litigation you could get into if the season runs past past june the 30th which is when the majority of contracts that will be up this summer they expire and and loan deals and and everything around that so that's the main priority but then you chat to agents as well and there's a real concern there that the transfer window is going to be really you know, impeded. No one really knows whether they can, you know, you get to this sort of time if the season was still going and those conversations are starting to be had about moves being teed up and, and where people can go. So I think you, there is a real concern about 
what do we do? How do we go about it? Do we still approach it as normal? There's discussions to be had between clubs, divisions and UEFA about pushing the opening of the transfer window further back and, and what goes on there because you will not, like you rightly say, you can't have the season playing and the window open as if the season's ended because a club could come in and lift the player with, you know, two games to go. So that, that you know, I, I can't say it as fact, but you would imagine that, that that certainly won't happen. So the window's going to be squeezed, which a lot of clubs will probably like. It means there's less time for all the, the nonsense to go around. Um, and I believe it was pushed back by the Premier League again. So that allows them a bit more time uh, to, to push it to the end of August. It's such a minefield. There are so many different issues that need that need to be sorted. Jack, the the one interest the one that interests me is the the Willian and Giroud situations at Chelsea. I know you interviewed Willian earlier in the season, and I'm just I'm interested because he's come out and said he just for for clarity, him Willian and Giroud. Uh, I think Caballero at Chelsea as well. Their contracts finish on June the thirtieth and or yeah, July first. And Pedro as well is, is the and same Pedro, one. And Pedro, that's the other one. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm just, you know, I'm interested because really if you're an agent and your player has got eight games left in him, for example, but your contract finishes on June 30th, I wouldn't be saying, oh, yeah, sign another two-month deal with with them um, and risk getting yourself injured for a, a year or whatever it might be. Um, because don't worry, just sit it out and I'll get you another three-year deal on 150 grand a week or whatever it is down the road. I'm not sure off the top of my head who at West Ham has contracts finishing this season, but um, it's it's an intriguing one. And and can you not see players, regardless of what FIFA or the clubs do, there surely will be a situation or two where players go, no, I'm all right, my contract finishes then. I'm going. I'm. I'm done now. I'm signing up for whenever the next season. Yeah, starts. yeah. I, it would. It would be the same with some clubs as well. I think one. One at West Ham who is out of contract is Carlos Sanchez, and there's no desperate desire to, to hand him <laughs> a know. new deal, whether it, whether it is only two weeks or not. So if he came to the club and went, look, I'll take a contract for three weeks, they might say, no, you're all right, thank you, mate. But there is that discussion. You know, William is trying to get a new long-term deal at Chelsea. They've offered him two years, which is not usual for Chelsea for for a player of his age they normally only offer an extra year he's pushing for three so if they go go on sign a two-month deal and and stay on to the end of the season he'll go well no if I'm doing that I'll I'll have a a three-year deal thank you very much so there is all of that he's he's now been allowed to to fly back back to Brazil but this is the concern from from agents and from clubs from both sides because they can both do it they can you know corner a player into signing a two-month deal or an agent can corner a club into giving a player they don't really want to keep a, a year-long deal, which is, again, why there needs to be some clarity from the top of the game and some uniform approach as to, to how this, this all works. Yeah, just just for clarity, uh, Jack, the, the West Ham, you said Sanchez there, Pablo Zabaleta also expires yes, in the summer. Yes, of course. It's, it's just those two, plus you've got Thomas Suchek, who's obviously on loan till the summer we've got an option to buy at 16.7 just one more before we let you go is one that's that will be interesting and worrying West Ham fans in equal measure is all the interest around Declan Rice at the moment there's it's sort of been swilling around since it became obvious what an outstanding player he was as is the way of modern football if anyone dares to be good at a club who isn't deemed big then it's a matter of, of when, not if, they'll be off. What's the, the latest on Deckers? Because we've heard some stuff this season, him saying he'd love to be captain one day. Um, my opinion is that sort of nice sound bites that keep the fans on side for now. But 
you know, whether we go down or stay up, what, what do you think is going to happen to I th- him? I think there is some genuine appreciation from his side of what West Ham have done for him. You know, plucked him when he was let go by Chelsea and, and have given him this platform to, to become the player he has and, and can be. You know, he, he has got that, that streak for the club in him. I think the club are now well used to the talk around him, the talk about transfers here, there and everywhere. It's something that they accept they're going to have to face at some point. But until there's any, you know, official approach or official interest, then they'll they'll park it, basically. Um, I mean, there's been a couple of stories this week around about Chelsea being interested. Well, of course they're interested. He's a, he's a good player. But whether they act on it, it's different. They've got quite a lot of priorities, Chelsea. And, and midfield, holding midfield isn't one of them. They've got Jorginho and now Billy Gilmore coming through. Who's, who's and Kante, yeah. And, and Kante, of course. So... It's not really a, an area that Frank Lampard is is desperately pushing for, but I think you know Moyes has spoken about it that you know one day they may have to accept that Declan won't be their player because he is such a talent, and if someone comes waving a wad of cash, which for Declan is going to be a big wad of cash, then you you sort of you know it's football and and you have to accept that 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 is the way it goes. But they're realistic about it; they want to hold on to him as much as they can. He's on a nice, nice contract, a good contract. So, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's in the club's hands at the moment. Really, there's no real urge from what I understand from Declan's side. There's no forcing the club into accepting anything at the moment. I think they, they'll just wait and see if, if something does appear, and then, then they'll cross that bridge when they come to it. Cross that bridge when they come to it. Hopefully, a bridge they will never have to cross. Jack, really appreciate you coming on tonight. Always a pleasure to speak to you. And thank you so much for giving us a little bit of your time when I know you're extremely busy there. Jack Ross from The Standard. But it is up next. It is the favourite. It is the West Ham Rogue Mystery Players Quiz. You're still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with Will Pugh and James Jones. What a show we've had for you so far. Talking about that Premier League announcement. No football until the 30th. Joined by Jack Rosser from the Evening Standard. Just what is going on? Moyes looking to younger, hungrier players. And those Declan Rice links to Chelsea. Obviously very close friends with Mason Mount. How will that play? But why you've tuned in It's why we do it. It is time for the West Ham Rogue Mystery Players Quiz. And we have to throw to our match winner at the minute, the man of the moment, the magical Will Pugh. Will, what are the latest? What are the standings? Yeah, cheers, Charlie. So, Reese has kindly pledged to continue providing the players and providing the clues each week. But there has been an update this week before we do the scores. Uh, you've actually done the clues this week because Reese had to look after his his little baby son Albert today so he was unable to do them so these are Reese has provided the players but you've done the clues am I right Charlie? That is correct so I want to apologise not only to the people <laughs> listening for these these poor clues that I will provide but also to Reese because when someone sets a standard like Reese has very hard to reach uh, that uh, that that stall really but I will try I've made an attempt that's it that's well, it but, um, I'm yeah, quite but... happy about this so I might have a chance of winning <laughs> <laughs> So back to the back to the scores. I mean, anyone who listens to the show every week will will know what a sort of landslide, a catastrophic landslide it's been for for Jonesy in recent weeks. He was of course nine six up. He's now twelve nine down. But to be honest, I decided at the end of last week to give him a bit of credit because you know James he, he got himself into decent positions. We all have 
little bit of a bad spell. Um, so I think so. I've, I've had fair share of my own uh, so far this season. So don't want to give James too much grief. And bearing in mind, no one has yet led by more than three. So it's 12 mm. nine to me on game weeks at the moment. Points difference is 33 30. So it's still anyone's game. Obviously, the game weeks golf is a bit different, but no one has led by more than three game weeks so far this season. So, you know, I'm not getting ahead of myself. Josie, how are you feeling now? Obviously, the coronavirus, this is a different format. We're both doing this remotely now. Are you feeling any better? No. no <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, I, I, the last few weeks are really not my confidence a little bit. You know, I, I, I did get a bit ahead of myself when I was a few game weeks clear. But um, that's just me getting a bit complacent. So, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'd like to say I'm feeling confident, but I do trust my own ability. Uh, one thing, uh, Josie, I think is important to, you know, given that, that everything is a bit up in the air, to give some sort of level of certainty. And we haven't discussed this before, but do you think that it's fair that we run the We Are West Ham Rogue Mystery Players quiz scoring up until when the Premier League season would have ended? I think, A, we're running out of rogue players, to be honest. Reese is getting a little bit worried each week. But um, do you think it's fair just to draw a line in the sand and say that, out, you know, the Premier League might not, but the rogue mystery players quiz season will finish this season on time? Yeah, I think we can agree on that. Definitely. Yeah. And we tweeted out the, there's an updated scoreboard as well, which is tweeted out on the We Are West Ham Twitter, where you can see all of the players that both me and Jonesy have guessed so far this season. And it's quite something to behold. There's some names in there that I'm still not sure even real blokes, let alone play for West Ham before. <laughs> well, you know the usual uh, scores because it is three players, five clues for each. The clues get progressively easier. Well, that was when Reese was doing it. I'm not sure about the chronological order of the clues that I've done then, but I played it down. I'm quite impressed with some of the clues, but it is fingers at the buzzers. Gents, if you think you know, shout them out. As always, you can play along when you're listening as well. But we go to player number one and clue number one. This is time for your week's edition of the West Ham Mystery Rogue Players Quiz. Player number one, clue number one. Born in England, 1966. Clue number two. Had a loan spell in Sweden in 1985, winning the Swedish second division, which is actually the fourth level in the Swedish uh, football system. (laughs) Clue number three. Last career goal was for Colchester in 2008. Clue number four. Managed ATK in the Indian Super League. Teddy Sheringham? That is correct. Oh! oh. oh I can't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> oh. I think I went quite I left field for Sheringham. It. Absolutely. Oh. The Sweden thing, I didn't have a clue what you were talking about. <laughs> well, it is Will keeping up that magical form because uh, so far it is 1-0. But James, as always, a silver lining of salt there are two players left, two players available. Not only can you win 2-1 tonight, you can take away that all-important game week point. James, liven up because this is player two. Born in England, 1964. Clue number two. Represented Australia 
on 44 occasions between 88 and 97. That is incorrect. Hayden Fox. That is incorrect. Clue number three. Played 25 times for the Hammers in the 95-96 season. Clue number four. Won the Premier League with Blackburn the season before that in 94-95. Clue number Incorrect. Clue number five. Was Christian sold to Incorrect. He's Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, and I know you don't know where that is. Continent, Scotland, <laughs> right? But I did say represented Australia on 44 occasions. The oh, last did, clue yeah. was sold to Southampton uh, and Graham Sooness buying him after one season for West Ham and he was sold for 250000 Mike Marsh? Incorrect, but you are correct in guessing Mike Marsh every single week that we do yeah. this. <laughs> the classic will you guess. I'll give you a recap on player number two. Born in England, 1964, yet represented Australia, the national team, on 44 occasions between 88 and 97. Played 25 times for the Hammers in the 95-96 season. Won the Premier League with Blackburn the season before that, 94-95. Was sold to Southampton and Graham Souness after one season for 250. Stuart Slater? Incorrect. Oh, it's difficult. Would you like me to go on to player three or give you the initials? Oh, no, I'm player three. At it. Player three, we're banking at player two, as we sometimes do on the show. Have you got it if you're listening at home yet? Player number three, clue number one. Again, I'm going left field with the clues. Won the Intertoto Cup in 2002. Played for three London clubs, including the Hammers. Made a guest appearance on an episode of the BBC children's drama, Grange Hill, in an episode from 1999 when he played himself giving out prizes at a school sports day. Played for Arsenal in the double winning side of 97-98. Whitburn? Incorrect. You're going to get it on this one, so both be aware. Represented Portugal 28 times scoring once. I can't believe it. Are you two joking? No. This is Can we have a recap? This is embarrassing. Lewis That is correct. <laughs> and it is 1-1. How dare you forget Lewis. How dare you both forget Lewis. Oh, God. That man oh, was a legend first, in Grangeville. That's my first point in about five weeks, isn't it? Oh, no. I should be getting that. But, James, more importantly, as you know, more than Lewis Bowen-Morte, it is 1-1. And it means, James, you have a chance to win tonight because we go back to player two and the clues are as follows. Born in England, 1964. Represented the Australian national team 44 times between 88 and 97. Played 25 times for the Hammers in that 95-96 season. Won the Premier League with Blackburn the season before, 94-95 was sold to Southampton after one season with West Ham, was sold to Grand Souness' Saints after that one season, and he was bought for 250000 
No. I can give you another clue. Go on. West Ham purchased a player from Blackburn for 600,000. Oh, that helps, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no, much it was. Yeah. Is it? Oh, Go no. on. No. No. One more chance. Lu- Initials. Was you going to say Lucas Neal? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Shame on you. 88 to 97. Are you having a laugh? <laughs> you two, you two have lost it tonight. Dude. You two have lost it. The initials are RS. Robbie Slater. That is correct. No. Just, just, just one tonight's quiz. Oh, he maybe needed a change of scenery. He maybe needed to go remotely, oh. but James Jones has pulled it back and updated scores. It is 12-10 in game weeks. It is 34-32. James, you are back in the running, and we normally do a post-match conference. Of course, we're sticking to that tradition. James, how are you feeling, my man? I'm just relieved. It's, it's so good to get back up on the board, Charlie, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> I thought I'd thrown it away with a Teddy Sheridan one at the beginning because... Weirdly enough, your first clue when you said the year he was born, for some reason in my head, I've always known that Teddy Sheridan was born in 1966. And he was the name that popped in my head. But I thought it was too early to guess. It's too early to guess. Never too early. Never too early. Uh, Well, I mean, I should have known because Will always just throws out guesses at random. Uh, and, and look where he is at the moment. But I'm, I'm delighted with a win this week. I was, I, as I said before, I was getting a bit nervous. But I'm back, I'm back, in, my, back on the, in the game now. Yeah, back on in the game, back on the groove, really in a, has that momentum. Like Will said, though, no one can get that fourth game uh, lead. It will only ever stay at free will. You didn't get it from the Grain Jill, famous Lewis Palmore episode. No, I mean, I wasn't a, I wasn't a big uh, Grain Jill fan, to be honest. A slash biker growth. My life, no. But uh, <laughs> no, I feel, I feel like I've, I've only got myself to blame there. And in a, in a weird way. I sort of, I'm, I'm almost glad that that Jonesy's got the win. It's a bit like Man United recently, starting to feel a bit sorry for him. But no, I've got myself to blame there. Got off to a good start with Teddy Sheringham, and to be honest, at that stage, I thought I've got it. I've got it. James is mentally rattled, but I've got to give him credit. I was beaten by the better man there, and uh, you know, when you're when you're not playing well, it's it's tough to dig out performances like that. So uh, yeah, all, all credit to Jonesy, and uh, I've only got myself to look at. I got Stuart Slater. I was halfway there with Robbie Slater, but ultimately, um, fair play to James. And uh, yeah, game back on. Game back on. We looked at VAR. Will it just wasn't enough for you? You didn't get the decision, and now maybe you changed the finishing post. You said it ends when it ends, but now James has got, he's got it in his sights. Will. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we had, we had to put a, we had to draw a finish line in somewhere, and we were going to run it up to the end of the season as it is anyway. I just hope that the uh, the pints, whoever it is that that gets them, I think we agreed that it'll be five pints, four because if I win, cause I still owe Jonesy one from Christmas. But I just hope <laughs> whoever gets them and at whatever time it is that we can have them together, rather than uh, rather than sitting here and looking at each other on a screen. Definitely, and we certainly owe Reese uh, a few beers for doing these quiz. We'll leave the last words to you then. What show has been, Will and James? What do you want to say? Yeah, I think the, from my point of view, Joe will allude to James in a minute. But you know, thanks to everyone for for listening so far. We've we've really appreciated, as we've said before, the listeners have crept up and up and up each week, and we're grateful to all of you, whether you've listened to one or two episodes of ours or you've been with us from the beginning. Yeah, really appreciate what you're doing. We're going to try and keep this going every week, like we say. The the sound quality 
might not be as good as as you used to but we're going to try and work on that and do what we can week in week out so if if you're all happy to keep listening to what we're doing then we're more than happy to keep doing it so thanks a lot one thing i will say is i know we do rattle on about it every week it'd be really handy uh, now more than ever really if uh, if you've got your phone hopefully you've got a little bit more time than before but if you can just go on whether it's apple or spotify or wherever you listen to your pods if you can just quickly go on now and give us a review and a rating however many stars you think we're worth it does actually help and it will bump us up the the rankings a little bit and make it easier for a few more people to listen at a time when when hopefully we can give them a bit of a laugh and a bit of west ham chat but yeah that's that's pretty much it for me but thanks to everyone for listening so far and and keep doing it yeah i'd like to echo that as well i mean it's, it's been it's been fun doing it on on live radio but you know we've decided that we're going to keep this going and keep creating some some good content and perhaps you know we can we can do do a little bit more with this podcast moving forward um but you know if you if you're on twitter then make sure you follow us uh, at we are underscore west ham uh and one thing we haven't mentioned over the last couple of weeks is that we're, we're entering the the football content awards in the best podcast category if you go onto our twitter page the pinned tweet will show exactly how you can vote for us um so we really appreciate your votes we're up against some some very, very good podcasts, some West Ham, some other clubs. So it's going to be difficult for us to win. But, you know, we feel as though, you know, our regular listeners every week, uh, it would be really good if you guys could get behind us and, and give us a little vote. And um, hopefully we can we can w- win a bit of silverware, which uh, West Ham don't often do these days. So, yeah, it'd be nice. And uh, just one thing, though, what Jonesy said there, we'll appreciate your votes. But a massive thanks to you as well, Charlie. We know it's been a bit of a tumultuous time for all of us recently. You probably more so than uh, than myself and James. And you know, we, you didn't have to stick with us. And we're really glad that you do because you're a massive part of uh, of what we've been doing recently since you came on board. We've had a great laugh with you, and you've been a, a regular fixture of it week in week out. And we were both really thrilled that you uh, decided to stick with us for this period of time. Who knows what's going to happen in future, but um, yeah, just a massive thanks to you as well, mate. And um, thanks to everyone else who's, who continues to listen. Yeah, boys, I won't have missed it. No one else is doing that quiz. It is the highlight of my week. I echo that. Just please, if you can review it, if you can vote, then do. We appreciate it. But more importantly, stay healthy, stay safe in this time. Everyone, loved ones, all well we will see you next week as we always do trying to provide you with a little bit of positivity and a little bit of light relief this has been we are west ham will Pugh, james jones and me charlie hawkins we will see you next week so first video podcast complete we hope you like what we ended up producing for you but as promised Here's some bloopers, just so you know that it didn't go quite as smoothly as it might have sounded after the final edit. And don't forget, please subscribe, rate, review, and one thing you can do for us, as we always say, is just tell your friend. Anyone who supports West Ham, tell them about the pod, get them to listen. Cheers. Sorry, you said about doing it on your phone anyway, didn't you? Should we should we start you know, just on this cap that you're wearing or are we gonna do a segment on that or Oh can you <laughs> can you see us? Yeah, of course I can. <laughs> I've got James on the left and Will on the right, absolute blinding. James is looking fantastic, <laughs> he's not had a shave in six months, and you're doing your best I don't know what it is, Mighty it. Ducks impression. <laughs> <laughs> absolute <cool>. rascal. <laughs> I'm glad I agreed to it just for this alone. You're right for me. Sorry, yeah.
I'll edit that out, shall I? Basically, uh, Jack, what's happened is that was such uh, just an insightful answer. We've taken a step back just to really, really settle that one in. (laughs) Sorry. It must be the lag. We'll put it down to the lag. Sports Social Podcast Network.